so John thirteen eighteen. Um And I think we're going to go all the way to verse 35. So let's just to get an idea of what we're looking at, let's read our passage. I do not speak uh, concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture might be fulfilled. Uh, He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives me receives Uh, Whoever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit, and he was terrified uh, and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of the disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter uh, therefore mentioned to him to ask, who it was of whom he spoke. Then, leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said, Lord, who is it? Uh, Jesus answered, uh, It is he of whom I said uh, shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what uh, reason he had said this to him for some thought because uh, Jesus had the money box that Jesus had said to him buy uh, those things that we need for the feast or that he should give something to the poor having received the piece of bread he then went out immediately and it was nighttime so when he had gone out Jesus said now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him if God is glorified in him God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I have said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So I say to you now, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, and you also love one another. Uh, By this all will know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. So that's where we're going to stop for now. Um, you know, Jesus said, I speak not of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. And we're going back to verse 18. Um, now I tell you this before it has come that when it comes to pass, you might believe that I am he, um, this is a prophecy of scripture here, you know, that quote, he who eats bread with me is going to lift up his heel against me. And it means that, uh, he would be betrayed by a close intimate associate at this point. Um, you know, eating bread together was a really social experience for them. You know, it symbolized a oneness. Um, you know, there was a closeness, um, you know, when you have somebody over for dinner or even after church, if you, you know, go out and eat with somebody, there is somewhat of a close thing that happens, you know, between everybody involved. And, um, you know, the prophecy that he would be betrayed by an associate makes a lot of sense, you know, considering they're all eating together. So he says uh, in verse 20, uh, 
he says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I, re uh, I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Um, you know, in other words, you have been sent by the Lord to bear witness. You know, if a person receives you, they receive Jesus. Um, if they receive Jesus, they receive God the Father. You know, and in the same token, on the flip side of that, you know, if they reject you, uh, they're not rejecting you, but it's Jesus whom they reject, you know. Um, you know, and if they're rejecting Jesus, they're rejecting ultimately God the Father. You know, so that's what, what he's telling them here. And it's just something for us to keep in mind, you know, because there's times where, you know, we, we need to know that, you know, because uh, it, it's not us they're rejecting, but it's, it's Jesus and ultimately God the Father. It's a condition of their heart. Um, you know, when the disciples were rejected, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer persecution, persecution for Jesus' sake. Um, so then in verse 21, uh, it says, when he had said these things, he became very troubled in his spirit. Um, in the previous chapter, uh, I believe we found Jesus troubled in his soul here. And he was troubled at the tomb of Lazarus. Um, is that what happened in our last one, more or less, in the last chapter? Um, and now he's troubled in his spirit. You know, and he's testified and he said, verily, verily, I say to you that one of you shall betray me in, in verse 21. Uh, you know, one who has eaten bread with me will lift up his heel to me. Uh, then the disciples, it says they, in verse 22, they looked at one another uh, perplexed about whom he spoke, you know. And what's kind of interesting is that the disciples, they didn't really suspect Judas Iscariot at this point. They weren't like. You know, oh yeah, that guy in the Last Supper painting who's like real shady in the background. You know, <laughs> you, know you know, you know, with his fingers like that, or <laughs> you know, with the money. <laughs> he's got those eyes. You know, <laughs> you know they, it wasn't like that. You know, or oh yeah, it has to be you know Judas. It's just kind of interesting because uh, you know they're all asking themselves, you know, is it I? You know, he, he Judas must have pulled off the role pretty cleverly. And that there seems to be no indication that he was a suspect amongst all the others. He played his part pretty well, you know. And that's why when Jesus came out direct and said, you know, one of you is going to betray me, they looked at one another wondering, well, you know, is it, who, who is it, you know, of all of us here? Um, and then it says in verse 23, uh, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of the disciples whom Jesus loved. Um, John's the only one who tells us that he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, you know, and none of the other Gospels is John called, uh, John the Beloved or in any of the Gospels really say that Jesus especially loved John. John is the only one who tells us that <laughs> about himself. <laughs> but I think it's kind of cool because when you know that Jesus really loves you, uh, it's such a cool thing. And I think that John really knew that. You know, that's why he says it that way. Um, you know, John is using uh, this to describe himself, leaning on Jesus' bosom, the closeness it shows between Jesus and between John. Um, he was just that kind of person. You know, he was close to Jesus. He was leaning on him. There was, they were close enough where, you know, he can do that. And, and um, you know, it's just pretty cool when you think about it. Verse... Um, 
24. It says that Simon Peter therefore mentioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Uh, then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered and he said, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, uh, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. <clears throat> the dipping of the bread was a gesture of friendliness in their culture. It was kind of like lifting up a cup, you know, to toast when we go out to eat or whatever, you know. My dad likes doing that, <laughs> you know, like special occasion. Like Mother's Day was the last one. He, Let's do a toast, yeah. You know, and it, it's it, it, it's kind of that, that gesture of friendliness, of happiness, and, and that's what, what dipping of the bread in, in their culture was. Um, you know, verse 27, uh, you know, Jesus gives the bread to Judas, and then after the bread, it says that Satan entered Judas. And then Jesus, you know, looks at or says to Judas, you know, what you're about to do, do it quickly. Um Judas had already been to the high priest at this point. You know, he had already struck the deal and um, he had already made the deal with the high priest that he would lead them to Jesus, you know, in an isolated place, away from the public crowds uh, where they could arrest Jesus, you know, before stirring the public, without stirring the public because uh, the people were looking at Jesus as if, you know, he were a prophet or something like that. And that's why Judas did things the way he did. Um, <clears throat> John tells us that when he gave the piece of bread, uh, dipped bread, that Satan entered him. Um, you might remember John chapter 6, verse uh, 70. Jesus said, Have I not chosen you, and yet one of you is a devil? Um, you know, some people, scholars and things, they believe Jesus, Judas Iscariot was not really a man, you know, because of this, that he was Satan, you know, incarnate, things like that. However, it's very difficult to prove that, and it's just a theory by some theologians, but you can't really prove it, you know, in Scripture. Um, yes? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good. It could have been, you know. Yeah, that's a good question, and yeah, yeah, you know what you're about to do, do it quickly. You know, it's like okay, you've crossed that line. You know, it it, it very well could be. That's a very good, interesting observation there. Sure, sure, and they were still. Yeah, yeah, and and. At that point, yeah, when Satan had entered him, yeah, that's an interesting observation. It could very well be. It could very well be, yeah. And, yeah, no, no, that's that's very interesting. I never thought of it that way. Um, and, and, and what's interesting is, uh, you know, no one at the table uh, knew, you know, why he, he said this to him, you know, at this point. Uh, some of them thought maybe because he was the treasurer, uh, you know, he kept the money uh, that Jesus had sent him out to buy things they would need for the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread, maybe. You know, what you're about to do, go do it quickly. You know, it could have been that. Uh, that he should go out at this time and, 
you know, maybe give a gesture of, you know, something to the poor. Maybe it was something like that because it seems like they don't really know what he's talking about here at this point. And it says they didn't know, rather. Um, you know, sometimes this is like the case like Christmas or Thanksgiving. You know, we, we give to the poor or whatnot, you know, during that time we're giving this was a holiday here in their culture. Maybe they thought he was talking about that. You never know. You know, I, we do that here. We give out baskets to people or, you know, sometimes if Christmas Eve, you know, you have to, you know, pick up uh, Del Taco on the way home. You give the girl an extra 20 or something for working there. You know, people do that, you know, at that time of year. And maybe they thought that's what he was talking about, you know, because since he handled the money, maybe he was going to do something charitable like that. Who knows? Um, so the disciples... Uh, thought, you know, Jesus had sent him out maybe to buy something, like we said. Uh, but what's really interesting is that you don't see them suspecting G- Judas, you know, at all. You, you know, that's just kind of interesting. Sure, sure, sure. And that's, you know, a good thing, you know, yeah. you know, is it I? It, I. It, not us to think that word could never... Uh, do something that we think we could, you know, betray our Lord or whatnot, you know, it, sure, what's the scripture, it says, let he who uh, think we stand, take heed lest we fall, you know, um, so then in verse 30 and 31, um, it says, having received the piece of bread, they went out immediately, and it was night, and then he says, uh, they had gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him, um, And then I think in verse 32, it says, and if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Uh, In the previous chapter, Jesus says, what shall I say, Father? Uh, Deliver me from this hour. Yet for this hour I have come, Father, you know, glorify thy name. Uh, So now the time has come, you know, for him. Uh, You know, he says, little children, he uses that term. It's a term of endearment. Um, you know, mijo, you know, something like that, you know, (laughs) you know, that's what he's saying when he's not, you know, calling them little children, like, you know, maturity wise or anything, but it's, it's, it's a term of endearment. You know, my dad can still call me mijo or whatever, even though I'm in my thirties, because it's, it's a, a term of endearment. Um, you know, yet a little while I am with you, you shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, you know, wherever I go, you cannot come. So I say that now to you. Um, You know, in just a little while, in other words, he's saying you're going to be looking for me, but you can't come. Uh, And then he says in verse 34, uh, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. You know, uh, and this is really an amazing commandment when you think about it, you know, uh, in the first epistle of John, uh, for book of first John, um, you know, and I, you know, would even recommend, uh, maybe going ahead and reading that first epistle of John and, and preparation, 
you know, for the next study even, you know, and, and notice how many times John refers to the commandments of Jesus, you know, over and over again. Uh, Jesus in the next chapter will also say, uh, he that keeps my, has my commandments and keeps them, it is he that loves me. You know, and he that loves me will be loved by the Father, uh, and he will come and manifest, uh, we will come and manifest ourselves to them, you know, in the next chapter. Uh, in John's first epistle, John will make reference to the commandments of Jesus. And what is the commandment of Jesus? What is that main commandment? Uh, that we love one another as he has also loved us. You know, that that's it there. One commandment, but, you know, boy, does it cover a lot. <laughs> you know, everything, really. It really does cover everything. You know, our loving one another as he has loved us. Um, you know, the main fruit of the Spirit is love, as we know. You know, and out of love, all the other fruits of the Spirit branch out. You know, you have kindness, you have gentleness, we have patience, and we have long-suffering, and so forth. Um, Jesus says in John chapter 15, a few chapters from now, uh, greater love has no man than this, uh, that a man will lay, lay down his life for his friends. We just had that verse thrown up on the screen on Memorial or Sunday, the day before Memorial Day. You know, with photos of fallen soldiers. <clears throat> you know, uh, one love one another as I have loved you. Uh, that is, you know, with that love that is so deep that we will lay down our lives for one another. That's what he's speaking about. Um, and then he says in verse thirty-five. Uh, and by this, you will know, all will know that you were my disciples. Uh, you know, uh, that you have love for one another. You know, and um, just due to time's sake, I'm, we're just going to finish off the chapter and then we can kind of, whoever does it next week, we'll just kind of overlap. We just have a couple more verses and I'm just going to do that real quick. Uh so verse 36, um, and it'll be good because it'll be like a segue into the next chapter. Uh, Simon Peter then says to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter says to him, Lord, why can I, follow, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answers, uh, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow. To you, you have denied me three times. <clears throat> you know, pretty heavy. A lot, a lot going on in the spiritual realm here, you know. And, and there's a lot, lot of heavy stuff going on. Um, you know, Simon Peter, he's not as interested in the commandment as he is in the things that Jesus has been saying about, you know, I'm going away, you can't come with me. So he says to him, well, you know, Lord, where are you going? In verse 36, you know. And, and, uh, Jesus answers him, you know, like it says here, like we just read, you know, where you're going, uh, you can't follow me now, you know, but afterwards you can follow me. Um, I, I think, you know, it's possible Peter realized that Jesus was talking about death. Uh, when Jesus said this to the Jews, they thought that maybe he was, you know, speaking about suicide or something, you know. Uh, and in another place where he told the Jews the same thing, they said, well, where is he going, you know, to the Gentiles to teach them, you know, what does he mean? All these different things. But I think Peter catches the meaning here. 
uh, and he says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? You know, I will lay down my life for your sake. In verse 37. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting how Jesus says, you know, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterwards. Uh, because all of them did follow him in death with the exception of John, the writer of this book, you know, when you think, and, um, you know, each one of the disciples suffered a violent death at their, at the hands of men for their witness and their testimony for Christ. Um, you know, when they came to crucify Peter, he said, look, crucify me upside down. I'm not worthy to die like my Lord did. <clears throat> so, you know, verse 38, uh, you know, Simon Peter, or, uh, so Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? You know, I'll lay down my life for you. And then Jesus answers in verse 38, uh, will you lay down your life for my sake? He was asking him a question here. And uh, Peter, you know, he makes makes quite a bit of a claim here, you know. And Jesus is challenging it at this point. Uh, Will you lay down your life for my sake? You know, and then he says, truly, I say to you, you know, the rooster is not going to crow until you have denied me three times. You know, he's telling like, Peter, do you really know what you're talking about here? You know, and he tells him what's actually, you know, going to happen at this point. Um Luke tells us that when Jesus told this to Peter, Luke gives us a little more addition here. He says, uh, uh, Peter, Simon, uh, Satan has desired that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. And when you have been converted, strengthen the brethren. That's Luke uh, 23, verse 31 and 32. Um, And then he predicts how that, you know, by the sifting of wheat, uh, it's going to be Peter's failure in that test where he denies, you know, his Lord. Uh, he said, you know, you're going to deny me that, that you even know me, Peter, you know, and Peter objects and he says, Lord, if they would kill me, you know, I would never deny you, you know, and, and, and yet we know that Peter did deny him, you know, we know that's what happened. Um, you know, and, and there are issues, I, you know, involved in the denial of Peter, that lead directly to his denial. Uh, first off, you know, we see Peter's boasting in himself. You know, Lord, I will lay down my life for you. You know, he's kind of, <laughs> kind of, you know, being a little a bit of a show off there, you know, in front of everybody, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll be the one to, to do it. You know, I'll take the bullet, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> the second thing here is that, you know, he's arguing with, with the Lord. You know, uh, and, you know, if we ever find ourselves in an argument with the Lord, we're going to (laughs) lose. You know, you can argue, but we're just not going to win, you know. And a lot of us have learned that the hard way, you know. I'm speaking from experience here, (laughs) you know. um, He thought he knew himself better than the Lord knew him, you know, at this point. And, and. He was, you know, mad that Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. You know, he, he gets mad and indignant. Lord, I would never deny you. You know, I would lay down my life for you. And, and so that boasting in himself is one thing. And then also he's arguing with his Lord. You know, just two things that aren't a good combination, you know. Um, and, and those are a couple things that you and I, it can get us into big trouble very, very clearly. And I think that's, 
what's being laid out here for our learning, you know. Um, next, we'll find Peter, you know, he's sleeping in the garden when the Lord has him to pray. You know, uh, when Jesus had come back to the disciples, he said, Peter, couldn't you not watch with me yet for one hour? He says, you know, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, and there's so much truth in that. You know, sometimes our spirit's willing to do the right thing, but if we're not in prayer, our flesh is is greater, you know. We want to do the right thing, but we, we need a power greater than ourselves, and that's the power of prayer. And when he says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation, that's the remedy there, you know, that a lot of us, we, we don't always take, you know. Um, sleeping when we should be praying, you know. Uh, the fourth thing, that we see is when Jesus was arrested and led to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, we read that Peter followed from a distance. You know, uh, Matthew uh, 26 tells us that. You know, he's attempting to follow Jesus from afar. And that's another thing that can lead to denial, you know, for all of us. Um, you know, if we're going to follow Jesus, just let's just stick to him as close as we can, you know. Let's not do the whole distance thing, <laughs> you know, uh, the closer, the better, you know, let's not try to follow from afar off. Uh, and finally, you know, where was he when he denied his Lord? He was warming himself by the enemy's fire. You know, be, we got to be careful about trying to find warmth on the enemy's side, you know, in their fire and their comforts, you know, sometimes Christians, they, they want to. They want to do that. You know, they want to go back into the world, into the things they were into for just a little warmth, a little excitement, you know, a little, little, little fun, little buzz, whatever, you know, and, and they find themselves in the wrong place and being in the wrong place can often lead to denial. You know, hey, aren't you that guy that goes to Calvary, you know? No, no, no. I don't, I don't even know who Jesus is, you know, next thing you know. Yep, you know, <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. And so, you know, with Peter, you can sort of follow, we can follow that course. You know, it begins with self-confidence, you know, boasting in ourselves. Um, like we said, you know, why can't I follow you? I'd lay down my life for you. You know, and Jesus kind of tells him who he really is and said, no, you know, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Um And normally in the divisions, and we're not going to keep on, you know, doing a full on study into chapter 14, but verse 38 is, might not always be the best place to stop. Um, you know, we know it's the end of the chapter, but Jesus went right on in the next verse of chapter uh, 14, and he goes on to say, but let not your heart be troubled. You know, you believe in God, believe also in me. And, and it could be that those words were spoken by Jesus to comfort Peter, you know. Um, you know, Peter, you're going to deny me, you know, and you're going to be shaken up pretty bad, you know, and he was, uh, you know, when the soldiers said, surely you're one of the disciples, you know, your speech gives you away though, your accent, you know, the way you talk, you know, uh, you have a Galilean accent. He began to, you know, to swear, to curse. And he says, I don't know the man. And then, you know, the rooster starts to crow and Peter remembers those words of Jesus, you know, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Um, and, and we know that when he thought about those things, you know, he went out, he weeps bitterly. His heart was troubled, you know, oh God, I failed my Lord, you know. 
And, and, uh, and actually we read in, in one of the gospels that when the rooster begins to crow, Jesus who was standing, uh, looks at Peter and, and catches his eye, you know, and that moment must've just, you know, almost destroyed him, you know? And I think that's why Jesus gives him this word of comfort before that happens. You know, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Um, you know, I'm sure that look Jesus gave to Peter wasn't one of, I told you so. You know, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, and nor was it one of, you know, you, you know, you loser, you idiot, whatever. <laughs> you know, you really did it this time. But I mean, I, I believe it was, <laughs> you know, I, I believe though, you know, it was a look of, of compassion that really probably broke Peter's heart, you know. And I know that it was a look that said, you know, I, Peter, I, I knew all the time you would do this, but I still love you, you know. You know, um, sometimes that's more effective, you know, even like from parents or something, you know, you know, anyone can, we can always fly off the handle, but when they, you know, there's just something about a certain, you know, I'm not mad, but, a, you know, <laughs> and there's just that certain look. Um, it's interesting that uh, Peter carried that, you know, he carried that look, he carried the guilt when Jesus was crucified and placed in the tomb. I'm sure, you know, that it haunted Peter that the very last thing, the very last contact he had with Jesus was when he had failed him, you know, uh, that look from Jesus, you know, I failed him, I denied him, uh, you know, and I'm sure it just haunted uh, Peter. You know, and so when Jesus, you know, when he rises uh, from the dead and he appears to the women, the first thing he says, go tell the disciples and Peter that I have risen, <laughs> you know. It's one of the first things he tells him to do, you know, and Peter was one of the first ones that Jesus appeared to, you know, on the day of his resurrection, he appears to Peter, you know, when the disciples came back uh, from Emmaus and they made the other disciples, they said, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to the women and to Peter. You know, the Lord had that little personal talk with Peter after, you know, and, and then of course, we know, John gives us great insight in the gospel of John into the talk on the sea of Galilee with Peter you know, and I'm kind of excited because that was actually the chapter I asked to do <laughs> later. So, so it'll all hopefully tie in, you know, <laughs> chapter 21. It's a great chapter, you know. Uh, yeah, totally. And and Jesus, you know, restores him and he puts him back in the business up there at the Sea of Galilee, back in the business of the Lord. Um, so we'll get that, you know, eventually as we move through. And and through Gospel of John and, and the last chapter, chapter 21, and, and we'll see the ministry of Jesus ministering to Peter. Um, but even here, as he is predicting, he's saying, look, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, uh, Peter, your problem is that you believe in yourself at this point. You know, he's saying, don't believe in yourself. Believe in me. Don't believe in yourself. So um, that's all I got for tonight. <laughs> no, but, no, God is good God is good and he has a reason for everything and and let's just pray Lord we do want to come before you Lord again we thank you Lord for your word and just for this chapter Lord and just how it ties into so many different things and um, Lord we do lift the lessons uh, learned from Peter Lord that we would um, take them to heart Lord in our hearts and in our minds Lord and we would think about these things Lord in the next day the next week to come lord and it, it would uh have an effect on our how we live lord every day day to day lord our every even the boring days lord where we're just going to work or to school or doing whatever lord may we remember 
the words of, of your son, Lord, that, that we, need, we need to not be confident in ourselves, Lord, but we need to believe in, in the name of your son, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. Get us home safe tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.